Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Welcome to House of Cards. Dave Weishelder with you here, deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. Ask anyone in the casino or gaming industry, what is the next big thing that will happen in the future of gambling? And nine times out of ten, those industry professionals will say skill-based gaming will play a major role in the gambling industry. And we're going to find out all about skill-based gaming because SCCG Management just put out their new primer on skill-based gaming in the U.S. We're going to hear all about it because we are going to be joined by Stephen Crystal, who is the founder and CEO of SCCG Management. The primer is an absolutely amazing analysis of skill-based gaming and how companies monetize it in the gambling industry. When we come back, we're talking skill-based gaming with Stephen Crystal. So stick around. We'll be right back with House of Cards. Hey, this is D.Y. Shuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of January 22nd, 2024. A 26-year-old man from Hopkins, Michigan has been ordered to pay the Gun Lake Casino over $84,000. A court sentenced Jordan Lewis Cook to four months in prison and ordered him to pay back the casino after it was discovered he stole over $100,000 from kiosks on the gaming floor while working at the casino. The crime was discovered after an internal casino audit and a review of the security cameras. The Vegas Golden Knights announced they have entered a multi-year partnership with the Venetian Resort in Las Vegas. The Venetian became the official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights and will receive in-arena branding and will also be the presenting sponsor of the VIP Dream Seats at T-Mobile Arena. As part of the partnership, fans will be able to go to the official Vegas Golden Knights watch parties at the resort. And finally, speaking of Las Vegas, if you want to purchase a little bit of the city's history, the Diamond Inn Motel and its famous pink elephant, which sits right across the street from the Mandalay Bay, are scheduled to go to auction in March. The auction listing is for the 1.36-acre site that has the 48-room motel and the existing structures on the site, which includes the pink elephant. Bidding starts on March 7th and closes on March 14th if you're interested. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroomhouseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. For more than 30 years, SCCG Management has set a standard of excellence unmatched in the global gaming industry. From startups to established companies, SCCG Management and its team of experienced leaders help each of their clients navigate the ever-changing, fast-moving business of gaming in all its forms. Sports betting, iGaming, eSports, casino technology, SCCG Management provides a global network to connect its clients with the right strategic partners for growth on a global scale. SCCG also works with entrepreneurs, providing capital and resources to assist in the development of new and innovative products and platforms. Whether you're looking to enter the U.S. market, expand your reach to other parts of the world, or establish your business in the global gaming industry, look to SCCG Management for the guidance you need. SCCGmanagement.com, expert solutions for strategic success. You're listening to House of Cards. And a baccarat, boo, 20 carats, seven cards stud, blackjack, and craps too. <laughs> I'm just a fool for gambling. Well, 
Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. SCCG Management has done it again. We've talked about their primers on esports and niche sports and sports betting, and now they have released a primer about what I think is the future of gaming in this country, and that is skill-based gaming. Stephen Crystal is your returning guest and is the founder and CEO of SCCG Management, and he is going to tell us all about SCCG's new primer on skill-based gaming and what it means for the gaming industry in this country, and we are lucky to have Steve on the line with us right now. Steve, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Great to be here. You know, whenever I talk to people in the gaming or casino industry, the subject of skill-based gaming comes up. I mean, for people out there who do not work in the casino or the gaming industry, when we use this term, skill-based gaming, what are the types of games we're talking about? In many respects, when we talk about skill-based gaming, it's, it's both the future, as you highlighted, and it's very much the past. Sure. If you remember, you, you could download an app, and, and you could, if, in exchange for watching ads, you could download any number of apps and, and play word games. You could play trivia. You could play puzzle games or arcade-style games. You could play... You know, you could go and get apps like Skills and Arcadium and Avia and Big Fish games, and you could play various mobile skill-based games. Uh, this has been around. Mm-hmm. What's changed is that now jurisdictions are regulating skill-based gaming so that we can actually have contests where uh, peer-to-peer can be matched and they could play and there could be money wagered. Uh, this is what is evolving and exciting about skill-based games. Uh, And this is why we covered it in a primer. You know, I love that you brought that up. I mean, if you're a gaming operator and wants to make money off of skill-based gaming, the first challenge is convincing regulators in each state that a game should be certified for betting purposes. Unfortunately for operators, the concept of skill-based gaming is really different in each jurisdiction. When it comes to skill-based gaming, how difficult is the regulatory landscape for these operators who want skill-based gamings in sports books or in casinos and want to derive some revenue from these games? Let, let, let's use two case studies, Dave. Let's use fantasy sports, which we all know, sure. and let's use poker, okay? Um, if you look at fantasy sports, the two leaders back then and now, uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, they started in an era, uh, you know, 15 years ago, where you went to a lawyer, got a legal opinion that said, mm-hmm. by picking a team against the salary cap, by picking a roster, and then seeing how that roster performed week by week, you were engaged in a game of skill. And until there was regulation, which there is now in 20-plus states for fantasy, uh, you relied on that legal opinion to go and, and in essence, offer contests where the operator could take a VIG, could take a a piece of that activity. Uh, That worked until there were so many players in the space, and then uh, the legislatures decide to step in and and define what is fantasy sports as opposed to simply relying on the definition of a game of skill. Mm -hmm. And now we have two of our four major players in sports betting come from the fantasy world because they acquired the customers that are that are passionate about sports and betting on sports. In poker, uh, basically, it, it functioned under a skill-based uh, definition until 2006 when uh, the federal government said poker is not neither a game of skill nor is it allowed mm-hmm. in the U.S. And so it will come back, and that's what's driving this movement towards uh, legislatures looking at skill-based gaming because the intent is to bring poker back um, and, and bring it back under legislated definitions of skill-based gaming. So two different paths for two different types of skill-based games. We have, you know, we have sites like skills.com that have been offering, you know, peer-to-peer gaming and, and mobile games for, you know, over a decade so we have a lot of examples out there, and we're, what we're seeing until there is legislation, much like we've seen with fantasy and with poker before it was prohibited, we're seeing many um, you know, entrepreneurs and game enthusiasts coming to the market. Esports, which we've mentioned in the past, is also a form yeah. of skill-based 
peer-to-peer gaming. And the reason this is happening, Dave, the reason we cover it is because demographically, these different types of game sets apply to every demographic group Mm -hmm. across a broad spectrum. So they are appealing to customers in a way that is different than pure slots and table games that we're used to thinking of with casino gaming. One of the fascinating aspects, for me anyway, regarding skill-based gaming is the technology that these operators are using and some instances they're creating. I mean, I was talking to a company the other day that their gaming product is so advanced with regard to artificial intelligence technology that they actually received two patents on the process that they use to create their games. I mean, it's great for them, but they also said it creates a unique challenge because they told me when they're talking to regulators, they just can't explain the game. They have to explain their technology behind the game to ensure regulators that the outcomes of their game are not random. When we're talking about skill-based gaming, is that the key when explaining them that the outcomes are not random? That's one of the keys, Mm -hmm. Dave. The other keys are integrity. You want to make sure that the result is the result. So it's, it's basically a process by which you affirm that the result that has been achieved is, uh, is the result. The other is to make sure that there's not, um, you know, uh, that there's an, a match of skill sets. And that's where AI in particular comes in, making sure that people who are of the same skill are matched. There's all kinds of ways using bots and other techniques to create an unfair advantage to someone in a skill-based context where there's a certain amount of anonymity, you know, you're not actually with the player in a controlled environment. And so what regulators want to see is how do you use technology to make sure it is a, it is a game of skill, number one, it is even mm-hmm. evenly matched and fair, and that it's accurate. And this is what where AI and technology and, and mobile platforms of the ones we've mentioned come into play. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, the IRS is cracking down by hiring 87,000 new agents to garnish your paycheck and put liens on homes and businesses. They can even seize your bank account. The IRS calls it enforced compliance, and now they have the manpower to get you. Penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily. So call One Stop Tax Relief Shop and get the IRS off your back. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. Call 800-353-2174. 800-353-2174. One Stop Tax Relief has resolved thousands of cases since 2014 and saved clients millions of dollars. Call now for a free consultation. Get the IRS off your back. Call House of Cards is brought to you by BetMGM Casino. Play your favorite casino games at BetMGM Online Casino. Go to BetMGM Casino, create an account using our promo code TURNPIKE, and become a verified player. New players get $25 free when signing up, plus a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code TURNPIKE at BetMGM.com for a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 plus $25 free. Must be 21 years or older to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to House of Cards. I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. No. Five to one. No. Ten to one. You're up. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. 
House of Cards is brought to you by BetMGM Casino. Play your favorite casino games at BetMGM Online Casino. Slots, table games, live dealer games, everything you love about Atlantic City and Vegas, all online at BetMGM. Go to BetMGM Casino, create an account using our promo code TURNPIKE, and become a verified player. New players get $25 free when signing up, plus a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code TURNPIKE at BetMGM.com for a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 plus $25 free. Must be 21 years or older to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Stephen Crystal, founder and CEO of SCCG Management. Give us an overview of the skill-based gaming industry in the U.S. I mean, it doesn't get the press that the sports betting does, but but from talking with industry and casino professionals, it really is an emerging market. Those operators that specialize in skill-based gaming, are, are they profitable, and is it expected that their profits can rise in the coming year? They're highly profitable. They're not highly regulated at all, which means they can operate without a lot of the costly KYC, AML, uh, geofencing, a lot of the infrastructure that regulated online gambling or sports betting requires is not being deployed right now. Some of the more progressive skill-based gaming companies anticipating, uh, you know, anticipating regulation are deploying some of this more expensive technology, but, but many of them don't. So it, it is quite lucrative. It includes everything from arcade games to skill-based card games, puzzle games, word games, trivia, fantasy sports, uh, strategic games like dominoes, backgammon, chess, and poker. It includes esports, and it includes what I call casual games that have a relatively low a skill base. It includes synchronous competition, peer-to-peer competition, and asynchronous competition with leaderboards, etc. It includes companies like Arcadium, Avia, Big Fish, and Skills, which we've mentioned. Um, and basically, it ap- it appeals to every demographic. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a young adult, 18 to 35, you're going to like esports and action pack games. If you're a mature female over 35, you like casual games like Candy Crush and word puzzles. If you're 36 to 55, you're going to enjoy strategic and mind-challenging games. And older adults and retirees, retirees are drawn to classic board games that stimulate cognitive, uh, your cognitive abilities and create community engagement. So there's something in it for everyone, and that's why it's such an attractive future for the for the gambling industry. This is why regulators are eager to regulate it and to make sure that these protections are in place. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that, and I and I really got that aspect from the perimeter because my, always my my thought process: who is the audience for skill based gaming, and really for the different games? It's really different people i mean the younger segments of the population like one thing older people like myself who spent the 80s in uh, arcades playing pac-man and space invaders i have another view of things is that what makes this segment of the gaming market so important and and just an emerging market that there's something for everyone in skill-based gaming well look the there's a at the end of the day, casino gambling, table games, and and uh, slot machines, et cetera, that is a subset of the mm-hmm. games and content industry. So video gaming, uh, the types of skill-based content we've been talking about is, is a much larger and more extensive demographic and group. At the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of people that would rather, quote-unquote, bet on their skill versus play a game that is rigged, i.e. random number generator, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, something they have arguably no control over the outcome, like a, like a lottery. It's a purely a game of chance. And so I think there's more people that would rather gamble on their own skill than simply leave it to a, uh, you know, a computer chip within a machine.
certainly the technology is evolving and developing in the market. Are the marketing plans and the business models evolving for skill-based gaming operators as well? And, and how are these marketing plans and business models manifesting itself to the public? I mean, we certainly see sports betting operators advertising and giving bonuses and promotions. Are skill-based gaming operators learning from what sports betting operators are doing, or is it a totally different business model? It's a different business model, Dave, mm-hmm. and it's what's interesting about it is uh, sports betting companies and online casino companies have to spend a lot of money, hundreds and hundreds of dollars per customer, to attract them into their app so that they could garner thousands of dollars over a lifetime value. In the case of uh, skill-based gaming, the acquisition costs uh, and the strategies are very different and proved to be less expensive. If anything, uh, online gaming has made it more expensive for skill-based gaming to acquire players, but it's still significantly cheaper to acquire a skill-based customer than it is a real money gaming customer. And so the the reason why you see real money gaming uh, companies become more interested in skill-based companies, and some have made investments in in that sector, FanDuel and DraftKings, to name two, the reason is is because they want to have access to customers that they could convert to real money gaming at a much lower value. This is why casino companies like MGM got into My Vegas using Social Casino, mm-hmm. which has a lower acquisition cost to convert them into into real money. Well, the same thing with skill based gaming. So I think it's a very valuable acquisition tool, but in and of itself, it's it's a community building. It's very conducive to social media, which is the world that we live in. And so, the way you should look at skill-based gaming is it's um, it the content is varied, it appeals to different demographics, and real money gaming operators online and brick and mortar want the ability to convert those customers into their environments in an inexpensive way. This is how I view it. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. In, in terms of expansion, what can we expect from skill-based gaming in the United States? I mean, I always talk to casino operators, and one of their goals is to attract younger customers to their property. Do you think brick-and-mortar casinos will get more involved with skill-based gaming? Do they have a place on a casino's gaming floor? Well, let, let's talk about, first, the digital strategies, and then we'll talk about the brick and mortar. On the digital world, you're going to see and have already seen a convergence between skill-based gaming and and, uh, digital online gaming, both in terms of investment, in terms of content. Um, So the notion of adding skill elements to to games of uh, chance, you're seeing online in different ways. Um, And I think it's very conducive to online. I think in terms of brick and mortar, uh, we will see the slot floor of the future contain more arcade-style games, contain more uh, skill-based peer-to-peer initiatives uh, that follow on from what people are already comfortable doing online. So I do think the, the casino floors of the future will reflect this trend towards casual skill-based gaming and and more sophisticated skill-based gaming. So I think the change will come from mobile back into the brick and mortar, not the other way around. Uh, And I think you see examples of it and elements of it already. Um, Obviously, sports betting and fantasy and poker, you know, those we can see more direct, you know, examples of how that ties into a casino. There was an effort if you may recall, maybe 10 years ago, and it, it wasn't successful, there were two companies, one of which was Gamblet, that spent hundreds of millions developing slot machines with skill elements, mm-hmm. and it ended up failing. And the reason it failed is because it was neither a slot machine nor was it a true skill-based game. It was a made-up construct that the Nevada regulators came up with because they weren't comfortable embracing all-out skill-based gaming. But now, with AI and technology, it's a lot easier for regulators to regulate skill-based gaming. And once that occurs, you're going to see everything from peer-to-peer esports to literally, you know, uh, backgammon and chess and 
and and uh, and checkers and all kinds of different games, skill-based games across arcade-style games. You're going to see more and more of this become standard. There have been examples that have been moderately to not successful because they they aren't full-scale skill-based. They're kind of a hybrid mm-hmm. that didn't work with customers. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. Some people like knocking boots. How to do? While others get lucky. And some just get it on. No matter how you do it or what you call it, Adam and Eve makes your whoopee hot with 50% off almost any one sexy item. Just enter offer code BOOTS2 at checkout and get 50% off plus 10 free gifts, including free shipping. First, get busy with a gift for you. Shake the sheets with something exciting for them and hit a home run with a third item you'll both enjoy. Sounds like someone hit the sweet spot. Plus six free bonus gifts that'll make you say about chicka wow wow adam and eve is tapping that offer oh yeah with 50 percent off and 10 free gifts including free shipping use offer code b-o-o-t-s-2 at adamandeve.com now that's offer code boots2 boots2 at adamandeve.com you're listening to the house of cards is is that good do, do i want that oh yeah you want that well, fantastic then. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Stephen Crystal, founder and CEO of SCCG Management. In your experience, do you see that regulators and gaming commissions are generally open to the idea of skill-based gaming? Do you think more regulatory action needs to be required before the, it gets to the casino big, uh, you know, re- Regulators are parents. Regulators mm-hmm. are grandparents. You know, they live in the world. They understand what young people and older people are doing on their mobile devices, whether it be you know, esports or the, you know, uh, casual games uh, like, you know, like with the ones we've mentioned. So because of that, they know it's a reality. I do think technology, the ability to monitor and ensure fa- fairness, make it easier to adopt new products that, appe- that are already appealing to people. I think gaming is doing a much better job than it used to in terms of look at the, the advent of mobile payments in the casino, sure. you know, using wallets that happened. COVID pushed that along, but mm-hmm. that change occurred with a, within a matter of months. Whereas it, I've done studies that say the average time for innovation in the casino setting is about 11 years. And now we're doing things at light speed. And so I think technology, AI, all the things you've alluded to make it easier for regulators to get comfortable with new types of gambling. And I think we have to recognize that we live in a 360-degree world. We can, If we're not careful, we could fall into the trap that, let's say, movie theaters or exhibition companies fall into where people can get content with a push of a button. They can order anything they want or you can imagine, but we still want people, if you're a movie theater exhibitor, to come in and see, see a blockbuster. So... If we're not careful, uh, casinos can lose their attractiveness to to successive generations if we don't respond to the fact that there's changing content that they're accessing mobily that they want to experience in addition to the other things they experience in a casino. So it's in everyone's interest to make, make use of this uh, content everywhere approach and make sure that the casino of the future reflects that. 
as I sit here in New Jersey, the state next to me, Pennsylvania, is having some real issues when it comes to games that some consider fall under the umbrella of skill-based gaming. And it's really created some headaches, especially for law enforcement. Explain what's happening in Pennsylvania, because just recently the courts had to get involved with regard to the issue of skill-based gaming. Look, the issue there, and and I I know this because I've been privy to some discussions around this you know the, the 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 premise that regulators have and it's not necessarily a correct one is that um skill-based game is being populated by underage you know delinquent gamblers sure okay so that's the prism through which they view a lot of this um obviously there is some of that that is occurring but we have ways as you know to make sure to the best of our ability, that uh, gambling content or gaming content is aimed at the audience that we want to participate in it. So you can usually deal with uh, KYC, age verification, and so forth. In terms of the actual content, again, uh, I would say that there are there's lots of companies that act responsibly. There's lots of companies that really make sure that a game of skill is a game of skill. I mean, there are definitions, but but there are companies that exploit the gray areas of of what we would define as a game of skill. If it feels like a game of chance in any way, then it's illegal gambling to promote it. And so I think it, it the struggle that Pennsylvania has comes from partly a knee-jerk reaction to, you know, thinking that it's a, it's a you know, it's going to open up you know, Pandora's box in terms of underage gambling and things that they don't want to encourage. I think other jurisdictions, and we could go through New Jersey, Nevada, Virginia, Colorado, you know, uh, jurisdictions that are progressive on things like even using crypto and blockchain to to run gaming enterprises. Um, There's a lot of progressive thinking. I think those jurisdictions and others feel like it's happening it's uh you know you kind of know what a skill-based game is you know that there's technology to make sure we're not having a robot versus a human so to speak we have a way to verify a result with um almost 100 percent certainty 100 percent of the time so i think again i think as technology has improved as ai has allowed you know to make, make sure things are fair and verifiable i think regulators are getting more comfortable. So I I kind of view some of that as an outlier. I think the mainstream view is, is it's an inevitability. How do we deal with it the right way? This is, this is how I see it. Another state that you mentioned in the primer is Virginia. That's having a real issue with skill-based gaming. Over the last year, Virginia has seen incredible gambling expansion. They're opening casinos. They're having sports betting. However, they really seem to be struggling with the concept of skill-based gaming. Is it the age issue, like you said? Is that one of the sticking points for a lot of regulators and a lot of gaming commissions, the age issue? And what can we do to protect that? That's that's a large part of it, number one. Number two, it's the issue of fairness when you have when you have companies investing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on legalized gambling facilities or online in the case of Pennsylvania, uh, the issue is fairness. Is it fair to allow it's like the internet cafes, it's like the distributed gaming slot you know, slot routes. Is it fair to allow competition that isn't licensed when you're acquiring so much of your licensed operators who are spending hundreds of millions of dollars in investment in infrastructure in your state? So it, it's an issue of equity. Uh, but to me, the issue, the issues around age verification and fairness, those can be dealt with. There needs to probably be a regulatory regime. It's like with sweepstakes, which is a, a form of, uh, of online gaming that is using games of chance in a quote unquote sweepstakes environment. And we'll, we've written about that. That's just an area that seems like an exception that follows the rule. In other words, because we haven't approved more iGaming, more companies, some of them not 
reputable are coming into sweepstakes and ruining it for those that may be operating within the letter of the law. So now regulators want to regulate so there's an even playing field. So there's a lot of issues. One has to do with protecting citizens, which is what regulators are supposed to do, and ensuring fairness and verification and integrity. And some of it is being fair to those that submit to regulation and making sure that those that are playing by the rules are not having their business eroded by workarounds that evade the rules. So this is this is where we are. And I think what you'll end up having in skill-based is what we had in fantasy, is what we'll have in sweepstakes, is regulators will step in and say, these are the rules that's fair to everyone, including the consumer. Well, as we start a new year, what do you think we should look for when it comes to skill-based gaming in 2024? Do you see an expansion of these games online and on mobile devices? Do you see casinos getting more involved with skill-based gaming? Where do you see the skill-based gaming market in 2024? I think you're going to see much more activity, increasing activity, both in brick-and-mortar casinos as they embrace different implementations around arcade and skill-based style gaming. Um, I think you'll see online gaming companies integrate more skill-based features. I think you'll see online gaming companies or real money gaming companies invest more in the in the skill-based, uh, you know, sector as a way to enhance engagement, um, extend demographic reach, extend conversion and customer retention. I, I just think it's part of that 360-degree experience. It's part of content on demand. It's part of the convergence between sports, entertainment, uh, skill-based, real money gaming, uh, games of chance. It's all content that is connected and gamified. And this is why it's inevitable they'll come together under some consistent regulatory scheme to the greatest extent possible state by state. SCCG Management is always doing incredible work in the gaming industry, and you guys always seem to be working on really interesting things and really things that are important for the industry. What can we be looking forward to from SCCG Management in the near future? And I hear you're taking another trip now. I am. I'm leaving tonight at oh, wow. midnight to go to, go to Brazil. Uh, Brazil, the Senate just passed. Uh, sports betting, and it's back to the House in Brazil to confirm or affirm. So so it looks very certain that we'll have uh, sports betting in the new year. It, it's possible we will have iGaming in casinos, but certainly it looks like sports betting is on its way to finalization. Regulations have been written. I'm going to spend two weeks in Brazil touching base with operators, top-tier operators, suppliers, I'm going to be meeting with, um, you know, regulators and politicians, and I'm also going to be launching uh, an an MMA organization, which will partner with sports books and partner with uh, the the soccer teams in Brazil called Versus FC. So I'm excited about getting involved directly in creating sports content through MMA. And then uh, I'll return back to Vegas to revel with the other crazy people on the Las Vegas Strip, and uh, I'll dust off my uh, garment bag and uh, then hit the road. Next year, we have trips planned already to India, where we're, we're on the ground floor of the evolution towards real money gaming in India. We're involved with the skill based gaming companies there and doing some really significant work there. And then off to Europe for most of February for the ice gaming show and for to meet client partners all throughout Europe. Um, so next year to me is going to be about um, the 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 U.S. Uh, continued expansion, the launch of Lady Luck HQ Social Casino with SECG as a as a, as their partner, number one slot influencer in the world. We'll be hitting Brazil, India, Europe. Um, so it'll be. More of the same, just more and more and and more research reports. We've got um, loyalty marketing coming up next. That's a customer retention, customer acquisition is a hugely significant. It is it is the heart of the gaming industry in the future, and we're going to cover that in our next primer. 
Stephen, we're running out of time, but the primer on skill-based gaming in the U.S. from SCCG Research is just incredible and, and, and an absolute must-read for a lot of people out there. Where can people download it and give out the website from SCCG Management so people can find out all the things SCCG Management is doing in the gaming industry? Thank you, Dave. It's very simple, sccgmanagement.com. You can access the nine research reports we've done this year, and uh, we, we expect uh, to do the same next year, and uh, that could be your home base for knowledge about the sports betting casino iGaming business worldwide. Stephen Crystal, CEO and founder of SCCG Management, who just put out the great primer on skill-based gaming in the U.S. Thanks for coming on and talking about it. I think skill-based gaming is the future of the gaming and casino industry in this country, and it's an issue that everyone's going to be talking about in the future and in the new year. Stephen, as always, thanks for coming on. I can't wait to talk to you again because you always have amazing projects that you're working on. Thanks for your time today and safe travels. Thank you, Dave. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. That'll do it for us this week. We'll see you next time on the Turnpike. Auto Accident Help Desk is a marketing agency connecting callers with attorneys. Providers pay a fee for advertising services. I love getting my kids ready and driving them to school. But a careless driver can change your life in an instant. And insurance companies want to settle on the cheap. Auto Accident Help Desk connects victims with powerful lawyers. They fight for you. I called Auto Accident Help Desk and got help for my pain and suffering. Don't let an insurance company take advantage of you. Our attorneys fight and beat big insurance every day. Call 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. If you've been injured in an automobile accident in the last six months, you owe it to yourself to make this free call with no obligation. We're available 24-7 to help you get the money you deserve for your pain and suffering. Auto Accident Help Desk helps accident victims like you every day. Call 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. People gotta win sometimes. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm a giant, colorful check to deposit. Welcome to another edition of Beating the House. I'm Doug Weishettle here with Dave Weishettle. We're going to be crisscrossing the country, the continent, sometimes the world, talking about the latest jackpots in the casino and lottery industries. Remember, if it's $100,000 or more of a jackpot, we will be talking about it on this show. This week, we're going to start off in Nevada, Las Vegas, as a matter of fact. One of the most recently opened properties, the Fountain Blue Las Vegas. Yeah, about a month old, right? Yes. Yeah. So. They are now celebrating their second million-dollar jackpot. Wow. Yeah, it's a very interesting property. First off, by all accounts, it's absolutely beautiful. It took a while to build. It was like a fif- long while. 15, 15 years. Yes. But everyone who visits there say how incredible it is. It's beautiful. The most interesting thing about it is already some executives are leaving there. I, I don't know the reason why these executives are leaving there. Like two or three executives, big-time front office people at the Fountain Blue, um, have left already. So I, I don't know the circumstances behind that. Were they just there until the property got up and running and you know their time there is, le- is done and that was their reason for being there or are there some other reasons? I'm... I'm I'm very interested in hear some more of the stories about the Fontainebleau and what's going on there. There have been reports of a variety of reasons. Which we do not know. We no. do not substantiate. No. But it's no. Or no one substantiated anything yet. But I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, first off, I'm very curious to see the property. Like I said, it's yeah. an amazing looking property. And obviously, they got some uh, pretty cool games, the second big jackpot in a month. And um, but no, why why are some of those executives leaving? And is it, was it just because they had to wait there and get the property up and running, and you know they left? So. Well, well, again, in the, in the industry, you know, some people stay until it's up and running, then yeah. they move on to the next place. Some people have other reasons people, why, or people there's move around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, industry. let me tell you, when you deal with a place like the Fountain Blue, you know, twenty years in the making, that's how long mm-hmm. it's been there. The, the report was. You know, sometimes when you first get up and running, you, then you do the reshuffling from the corporate side. Yeah. 
And so. sometimes it's from the personnel side. Somebody Look, wants to leave or a lot, a lot you know, of those really all different reasons. A lot of those people could have been there from the beginning of the plans of the Fontainebleau. Yeah. And then, you know, okay, you know, my job here is done. My job was to get it up and running and, and, and now my, uh, now I can move on or yeah. something like that. So, Actually, the yeah, way I'm very curious though. The way they're talking about the the way this property came around, it almost sounds like what was that one in Jersey Revel? Oh yeah, well that, no, that billion I, dollar well, boondoggle. I, well, yeah. I, I'm sure they'll be better than the. Revel. Oh yeah, I'm just saying we're not <laughs> saying anything like that. No, no, I'm just saying uh, the in terms of the building and the construction. Oh yeah, and yeah. delays yeah, and yeah, delays yeah. and no, delays. No. But they finally opened. They opened December 13th of last year. Uh, the first jackpot was won December 23rd, and that was a $1.2 million jackpot, slot jackpot. And then on January 5th is the one we're going to be talking about. That was This is their second million-dollar jackpot. Probably by the time this airs, we may have another one. I don't know. The, the way, way it's are going, hitting, yes. man. It's, uh, boy, I, I definitely want to visit there. Man, they got some uh, loose slots, I guess. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. We have $1,149,236.53 on a Wheel of Fortune slot. Mm -hmm. No word on what the what actual game inside the Wheel of Fortune brand it was, but it was a Wheel of Fortune slot. Anytime you see a million-dollar jackpot, there's there's a good chance it's a Wheel of Fortune slot. Yeah, usually that or it's Monopoly, or yeah. if you're talking online, it's uh, – again, it's Wheel of Fortune, Monopoly. Then, yeah. then you have the other ones. Then uh, you have the Buffaloes. Drums, you also have the, the Buffaloes. buffaloes yep. or, or what's that one with the uh, the gods or something like that, the uh, horse and the pegasus? Divine Fortune. Well, that that's only online. I, that's, why that, I just, yeah. that's why I said yeah. when you're online, th yeah. those are the other And also the other one, Mercy of the Gods, same thing. Yeah, that's an yeah. online. Those one, are the yeah, big ones. So. But uh, here we have the Wheel of Fortune slot, another million-dollar jackpot. I'm not sure what the first one was. I didn't. I don't remember seeing exactly what the, the game. The, yeah, what the first one? Yeah, the game it was. Okay, but uh, right. it was 1.1 million. Now it's 1.1.2. Now 1.1 and, and half. 1.15 million. So congratulations to those two players at the Fountain Blue, and hopefully we see a lot more from these guys. Because it is a beautiful property. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's making uh, big news out there, big news in the gaming industry. Yes. Uh, we're going across the country now to Mohican Sun. We okay. don't do too many Mohican Sun ones. Now, this is Connecticut one? This is, this the, is the brick and mortar Sun in Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. This is All Mohican right. Sun, Connecticut. Because okay. there, there's one in the Poconos, and right. I know Mohican Sun owns resorts. In well, you got to remember, they're branded differently now. Mm -hmm. It's Mohican Sun, which is Connecticut, mm -hmm. Mohican Pocono. Okay. He's the one in the Poconos. All right. And then resorts. All right. Yeah, in Atlantic City. We have Mohican Sun here in Connecticut. We've got a local, Jose S. from Stafford, Connecticut. Okay. Uh, he was playing the Super 4 Progressive Blackjack game, and he ended up getting the Progressive Jackpot of $525,094. Oh. Okay. Now, actually, Mohican Sun has a specific area in the overall casino where they have the Super 4 Progressive blackjack tables. Oh, okay. I was actually surprised they did that because usually you see them in all... Uh, the way Mohican Sun is broken down for everyone who hasn't been there, there's four different casinos. Yes. Well, uh, wait, wait. I, 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 Mo, the, the Casino of the Sun and the Casino of the Moon and stuff Earth like, oh, and oh, Sky. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So here we have... <laughs> I couldn't remember those last two. Yes, we have the, the Super 4 Progressive Blackjacks tables can be found in the Casino of the Earth. Okay. Which is located in the Hall of the Lost Tribes. Mm -hmm. I love the way they phrase these things. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's it's uh, located there. So if you ever go to Mohican Sun and you're looking for the Super 4 Progressive, go to the Casino of the Earth in the Hall of Lost Tribes. By the way, the last time I went to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, I, I don't even know if they still have this restaurant. It was a Irish pub in their mall section. They have like this, when you go out of the casino or the gaming floor, there's like this mall area with all like shops and restaurants. They have this really good Irish pub. I don't know the name of it, but I don't even know if it's still there. But um, no, it's really good. Yeah, no, I haven't been there in a while, so... Uh... But I, I, I kind of like I kind of like Mohegan Sun better than Foxwoods. It's which, a little, it's smaller, which, but it's, uh, they're it's, pretty close by. They're like yeah. ten minutes apart. It's designed a little bit nicer in terms. I love looking up at the ceiling. And you see the night sky oh, sure, when you're in sure. the casino. No, it's a beautiful so, place. Yes, uh, staying in New England now. Okay, so. we're going 
up 95 or 495, depending on how you're traveling from Mohican Sun to Boston. We're going to Encore Boston Harbor. Which, which technically is not in Boston. It's not in Boston, technically. Because I know it has the word Boston, but the Boston in there is referring to the harbor. It sits yes. on the harbor. And when it's in the town of Everett, which is, by the way, you, it's is it no it's, it's the a, city of Everett the isn't city it? Well, yeah. do I call it oh, that's what I meant city yeah. of Everett which is like one block away from the Boston it's, it's town over, line or it's city over the Zakem Bridge basically yeah yeah so um, no but it, it's um, basically you're you drive your car in two minutes oh, yeah. <laughs> from Boston. Well, no, literally two minutes from Boston. I, I have to admit because you're over the city line. But I have to admit, sometimes the Boston traffic that could be an hour. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, it's terrible. The way Boston oh, traffic is, terrible. it sometimes I think that's worse than New York traffic. But uh, mm-hmm. Boston traffic's crazy. Anyway, going to Everett Encore Boston Harbor. We've got a we we're staying in New England and we're staying with the same game. We've got a Super Four. We got a pair of Super Four progressive blackjack jackpots. Wow, what's it? Are they big jack uh, blackjack so. players in uh, New England? I guess. Well, we have two Super Four uh, blackjacks. We've got a two hundred sixty-six thousand fifty-five buck jackpot hitting for Sean. Wow, well, congratulations, Sean, Sean. Sean in Boston. How Sean, about yeah. that, Sean? Yes. Yeah. Surprising. And then we have $454,428 on another Super 4 side bet Wow, for Felix. Wow. Okay. Don't see a Felix. Well, don't see Felix too often in Boston. No, no, no. But uh, no, I, I, I'm I, fascinated with this blackjack stuff because Mohegan Sun first and then Encore Boston mm-hmm. Harbor, which is, uh, I guess, uh, New England is... Uh, Kicking out the blackjack players. Well, the Super Four that, progressive. Man, you got you got to do the side bet to trigger the <laughs> Super Four it, progressive yeah. jack. Yeah. So this is one of those games that. So if you want to gamble in yeah. New England, check out blackjack. Well, it's not blackjack. It's Super Four well, progressive. Yeah. It's the one where if you do the side bet to get the progressive, sure, sure. you have to make the best poker hand. Yeah, yeah. with the dealer. Yeah, th- those are some weird games. Yeah. But As a matter of fact, th- I think uh, is it Live Casino Philly or Rivers in Philly. Either one one of those two has this. I have no clue. So uh, there's one locally, too, here from Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaving New England, we're going back over to Las Vegas. we got a couple of news stories coming out of Las Vegas for jackpots. We've got Caesars Palace, and like I always say, every time we do a Caesars Palace story, we always have a pair of jackpots, at the very least. Mm-hmm. I know last week we had all those Caesars Entertainment properties yeah, that yeah. hit for New Year's Eve, but here we yeah, have. Yeah, it was over the holiday weekend. Yep, yeah. New Year's Eve weekend. We have two Caesars Palace guests, each one six-figure jackpots within one hour of each other. Wow. We've got right. on uh, 5 p.m. on a Tuesday, we've got one rewards member uh, hitting $130,500 playing slot machines. Okay. And then another hour, and then an hour later, another rewards member turned a $7.50 bet into $125,000 after hitting another slot jackpot. Wow. No word on what the slot machines were, but these were two slot jackpots within each each of an hour, 5 p.m., I guess, before 6 p.m. I, I'm assuming I, it's local I guess time, so, so, yeah. Yeah, so, so figure out that math for yourself. But uh, both two slot jackpots, 130 grand, 125 grand wow. within an hour Great. of each other. Uh, staying in Nevada, we just had the – uh, finishing up of the NFL regular season, yes, which meant the Circa Survivor and the Circa Million Number Five mm-hmm. paid out. The, uh, let me tell you something; those contests fascinate me it, it, mainly because there's that you have to go to Vegas to yeah. do these things mm-hmm. because they allow the proxy services that you know you. Yeah, I, I guess you have to be there to register. Yes, in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and then after that, you can go wherever you live across the country and hire a proxy service, and they will place the bets for you in Las Vegas. Yes, okay, so that's uh, how it's done. The Circa Survivor paid out uh, the prize pot of nine million two hundred sixty-seven thousand between four players. They mm-hmm. split those. I think they did a deal beforehand, yeah, which uh, they had four players left, uh, and I guess. They all got their lawyers they together, did and they, did they, a did, they did a partial chop, from what I'm understanding. Yeah. Each got a couple million each, two, and they left the rest for the winner yes. of it. So two million three hundred sixteen thousand seven hundred fifty bucks for each each of those. Okay, uh, and over, then they left the rest 
whoever, the rollover down the whoever thing. wins the yeah. actual thing. So okay, they went twenty, which is great. Which, uh, by the way, insanely smart. Very yes. good. Very good. I, I'm shocked they didn't do this earlier, but uh, no, it worked out for them though. Fifteen point two million was the largest payout among the winners for this contest yeah. ever. By the way, the reason why they didn't do it earlier was because I think. One guy. One guy. When was it was five, yeah. I think there was thirteen players left. I thought. I thought it was when it got or, closer to, to. It was there was five, and then I, the four, I don't know. Four I, I wanted don't, a I don't know how many five, were whatever. left, but one person yeah. didn't want to do it. So yeah. it, it only works if one person wants to do. Uh, all oh, everyone yeah. wants to do it. If one person doesn't want to do it, you can't really chop. So and over in the chop. over in the circa million, uh, first place of of million dollars was paid out. Obviously, it's a circa million. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody else was. Uh, let's see. We got second place got five hundred grand. Third place got three hundred seventy-five thousand for it, and it was a tie between two players. Mm-hmm. So. so congratulations to yeah, it, the it, it, Circa it, Survivor and it, the Circa uh, uh, Circa Million. It, it's, it was as absolutely fascinating to watch over the years. Yes, over the season. I just wish more states would do something like this. Well, like I said, the big thing is if you really have it meaningful you, you kind of have to have legislation that allows yeah. proxy services you know they, they well, have to allow you know if you're having a contest in jersey which they don't have you would have to to make it meaningful and to make a lot of people want to join it you know you would have to have a proxy service so people who are living in iowa yeah would want to join it and you know call someone up and place this bet for me, or you just make it locals only. Yeah. So yeah. well, Either but, way. but then and, it won't be meaningful, right? Then it then it won't have the millions right. and millions of dollars. You, you have to have it national, and you have to have a mechanism in place for people can yeah. bet from and, wherever and, they are in the country. And, or and the another world. Th- another so. than Nevada, I don't see anybody doing proxy services. No, probably so. not. Probably. Uh, we've got a uh, slot jackpot from an overseas website uh, sportsbet.io and yeah. the only reason I'm, I usually don't do some of these on you know uh, online uh, casinos but this was just an interesting story it's insane it's a $50 spin okay yeah. on alchemy gaming's wheel of wishes slot on sportsbet.io which I've never heard of yep 42 million dollars <laughs> 42 million dollars yeah absolutely incredible yep that that is a historic slot jackpot, not just for Sportsbet IO, but for a lot of the uh, online uh, wow. casinos overseas. Sure, sure, so, absolutely. So incredible, kind of interesting. It was part of the Games Global Wow Pop Progressive Jackpot. Okay. I don't know too much about the Wow nope, Pop, but I don't, I don't very interesting name. So, so. Yep. Uh, we got two lottery stories to finish up on. We've got an Oregon lottery. Uh, player who has hit a jackpot that hadn't been hit in over 24 years i i don't know how that happens so what what is it like a weekly drawing that kino 10 spot kino okay and that's never no one's no one's hit a 10 spot kino in in over 24 years oh that's incredible as a matter of fact according that almost defies odds yes set aside the winning the losing for 24 years kind of defies odds the last kino jackpot of this type was hit february 16th 2000 Uh, so, uh, this was a you know ten- shocking more 2000 is 24 years ago. Yes. You just put yes. it in perspective yes. for me. I just, I know wow. I, I try oh not to God. focus on that, but it was the Kino lottery game played at a Safeway in Oregon city. Okay. Hit a 10 spot from one, you know, that's one to 80. So he hit a 10, he chose, chose two numbers and he, he did the special Kino gameplay, which mm-hmm. was a little tag on. It was only like a side bet kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, he, uh, he won the million. Wow. It's first time, 60-year-old man, 24-year span between wow. winning Kino jackpots. That's not, unbelievable. Not the same player, but between same type of game. Yeah. So yeah. last time a 10 spot was hit was there. Wow. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to finish up with the Michigan Lottery. We've got a story that probably everyone can relate to with this. Woman was on vacation, and she saw a commercial for the Michigan Lottery Mega Millions. Okay. And she saw the jackpot was, quote-unquote, getting up there. So (laughs) she decided while she was on vacation, it was time to buy some lottery tickets. So when she came home from vacation, she went and bought some tickets. She matched five of the balls. The five white balls didn't get the the mega ball. Okay. So she won the $3 million from that drawing because she saw it on vacation. Hey, 
Good. Yeah, you know, people get in, get inspired to do something, and you know, it's good that she followed through with it. Yes, so. yes. And then she actually had to go online and check her online account. She bought it online. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she actually saw the $3 million in her bank account. Uh, wow. Her wallet. Her wallet. Wow. On the phone, the a, thing. What a great way to know that. You log in? Yeah. <laughs> $3 million? She thought it was a mistake. She so went, she didn't get notified before. She saw no. what was in her online account. She's logged in, okay. saw $3 million in her account. Wow. Showed right. it to her husband, and her husband was concerned this was a mistake. Okay. So they called the lottery. Well, lottery didn't reach out to them. They reached out I, to the lottery. I so. would think so. And they, yeah. they called the lottery, double-checked it. And they confirmed it was really a $3 million win. Wow. Good for her. So whenever you're on vacation, you see a commercial, if you get an urge, you know, you might want to follow through on it with with this stuff. Good for her. That's it for this week's Beat in the House. And as always, if it's $100,000 or more, we will be talking about it on this show. So congratulations to the winners we talked about. Congratulations to the winners we didn't talk about. There's a lot more winners out there. We only do $100,000 or more. Otherwise, we'd be here constantly. We'd be doing a 24-7 channel. Uh, that's it. So, uh, congratulations. Well, that'll do for us this week. We'll see you next time with House of Cards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.